The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too Welcome to my brother, my brother, and the advice show from the modern era. I'm your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. I'm your middlest brother, Travis McElroy. I'm your sweet baby brother, Griffin McElroy. Uh, and it's been a big adjustment working from home. Yep. Uh, I miss everybody at the office. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure, dude. Stanley. Did you mm-hmm. say Danley? Stanley. Stanley. Okay. Stanley. Stanley. Uh, fucking Dwight, dude. I d- Wait, hold on. Is this isolation or did we talk about The Office last week? I feel fucking like we did that again last pan, week. Pan, fucking gin. <laughs> fucking. Okay, wait, let me hit you something. Swite. Pa- I want to hit you with a fantasy. This is a fantasy starter. Okay, everybody. So here's a prompt for your NaNoWriMo. Just get you going early, right? Okay. Yeah. Pam and J- Pam and Jim. Uh huh. That's something, right? Yeah. But if you change both the sounds to "n," you got Pan and Jin, and you're in like a fantasy thing, <laughs> just uh, like that. It's a tale of a uh, 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 one of the pantheon of gods and uh-huh. a, yeah. and a genie recently freed from a lamp. Oh, you went a Pan different way. I thought you were saying like some kind of weird children's story where like a frying pan and I guess a bottle of gin worked together and like ran away with the spoon kind of thing. No, See, that's no. where I went with it too. And I, you know me, I live in Austin and I haven't been able to get out to all of my favorite, you know, cocktail rissaries, uh, some of my favorite uh, mixing labs that a lot yeah. of the, a lot of the mixologists down here have been whipping up for me, what with their uh, lavender smokes uh, and scented orbs and shit like that. And so I thought you were giving me the hot new cocktail of the spring, Justin, which is that you pour gin in a pan and make it. Get it hot, and now yep. we're talking about hot gin. Hot yep. gin, delicious. Hot, <laughs> hot, uh, de- detoxified gin. That is some sterile gin right there. Yeah, I burn all the alcohol out of that gin before I drink it. I just want the good flavor of that gin. With no, I just want the flavor of hot gin. I just want that to burn me. Hey guys, is this outside. anything? Is this a cocktail? Gin and Sonic. Is that so a cocktail? could be something. By the way, is this is this intro anything so far? Because we've tried about six different things. Not in yeah, we'll the get there. Minutes. What do you guys think? Okay, I okay. think gin and Sonic gin is like gin Sonic and like is... blue curacao. Or you just watched the Sonic the Hedgehog movie now on demand, huh. featuring, featuring uh, now this is interesting. Okay, Griffin, let's talk about this fucking heel turn. Yeah, because <laughs> because this is a behind the scenes heel turn for everybody. We told Griffin we should do a Sonic watch about the release of Sonic. Right. He quickly poo-pooed it. Right. And now Griffin has taken us down some back roads and removed the blindfolds to find that we are at Sonic's house. And well, he has driven us there. Here's the thing, Juice. You offered me, I was falling. Falling down the big tree. I fell off the branches of the big tree where I was having a monkey party up top, right? Yeah. And I fell down trying to reach a big coconut and I was falling. And then you two apes... <laughs> 
we're like, hey, Griffin, here's a Vine, and it's Sonic the Hedgehog now on video on demand. Watch it, catch it live. Yes, I but said, boys, to, to follow, please let me, please let me finish. Just okay. let him play. Please let him finish. I saw that. I said, there's so many reasons not to grab that Vine. I already did watch it. It's an old movie. There's no way to make jokes about it anymore. People have done all the jokes, and also. There's a movie coming out next week on demand that I really want people to see, so I don't want them to burn their movie budget. But then I, I said poo-poo to that vine, and I kept falling. And then some more rotten-ass vines came along. Rotten-ass <laughs> vines like, here's how to make a hot gin, and here's The Office, but fantasy. And now I'm looking up that Sonic vine, and I'm like, ooh, that looks pretty fuck. The, the, it looks like that one can have a lot of tension on it that it will hold up my weight and keep me <laughs> yeah. alive. But here's the problem, Griffin. It, to continue Justin's metaphor, not only did you drive us to Sonic's house, but it was yeah. like I said, like Sonic's having a birthday party, let's go. And you yeah. said, I don't want to go to Sonic's birthday party. And I said, okay, so I didn't buy him a present. And then yeah. I get out of the car and you're like, we're at Sonic's birthday party and I brought a present. And no, now Justin yeah. and I look like fucking assholes because we didn't bring any presents for Sonic and you brought the present. Yeah, but now it's like we've all walked into the party and you two are yelling about how you didn't get presents for Sonic, isn't it? Well, can we say that your present is from all of us? Yeah, sure, why not? Hey, Sonic. Hey, guys, it's me, Sonic. I'm so stoked you could make it to my bash. Hey, hey Sonic. Uh, it's good to be out. I'm glad that we broke the quarantine protocols for this Sonic the Hedgehog's birthday party. Definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. Uh, big find coming our way, but we did get you, all three of us, this present together. And we Thank got it. Yes. Not couldn't go to a store, obviously, Sonic, so I apologize for that. Um, it was made at home with a lot of love. I got a text from- Wait, are you some... still Sonic? No, no, I'm Justin. I'm telling oh, an anecdote okay. to entertain Sonic. Uh, hold on one second, Sonic. No problem! <laughs> so uh, I'll just gotta... be over here talking to my other guests. <laughs> I'm a good host. <laughs> yeah, make the rounds, but I got I text. will, but just know that none of them are as important to me as you are. <laughs> Thanks, man. That's the so fact choice. that, I mean, Mario's here, but fuck that guy, right? Like, you guys <laughs> but, are my true BFF. By the way, this is the best intro you guys have ever done, because you're speeding <laughs> through the topics so fast without even paying attention to them or trying to flush them out, just like I run through the city. As I'm Sonic so proud of you. I'm proud of you, because you're, you're not focusing on any one thing for, like, more than 30, 25 seconds. It was almost like we were in the middle of a bit and a skit right there, and Justin just, like fucking saw a butterfly float by and lost interest in it. That's you cool. As a reward for your good comedy, I'm going to run around and scoop up all the coronavirus to protect you. <laughs> you didn't want to come to Sonic's house in the first if place, I run around the If I run around the world real fast, it'll create a vortex. It's going to suck up all the coronavirus. I've had the ability to do it this whole time. But I held it back because you guys weren't doing a good enough intro yet. But look at you now. My shining stars. I'm so proud of you. Watch as I zoom around and cure the world. Griffin, you came here under duress. Come on, Tails. Let's save the McElroy brothers. That is not Sonic music. Justin, what was your? Tell us about your fucking text. I got text. No, I don't even want to do it anymore. No, you have to do it now. Sonic's waiting. Don't. I don't have to do it. You just butchered Sonic the Hedgehog on the altar of your your supposed joke, and you slit his throat, and the blood has run down into the trough, and then Sonic died, and you looked down, and you're like, uh, I don't really want to do the sacrifice. I don't really want to do the Sonic sacrifice anymore. But he's going to come back, right? No. Read, read your fucking text, and we'll see if it's good enough. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Justin? Oh. No, thing, do, things got funny. They weren't funny when I was going to do it. Now it's less oh, funny wow. than what we're doing. We had a fucking great Sonic the Hedgehog bit 
Like it got better, but it had it was good bones. For you didn't want to come to Sonic's house, but you came I, well, under once duress. We got there, Justin. We Why were are you there. on his side? Why are you on his side? I'm not listen. I'm on Sonic nobody's side. House, okay. We haven't left the house. We haven't left our own houses in a while. We're excited to be out and about, fucking chilling with our blue friend. I'm just God, saying just we could have talked there about listening this in Sonic's bedroom. We could have listened to all this. He's just standing there listening to all this, oh, this toe tapping. So tell me what your tell me what your text said, or else I'm gonna have knuckles whip your ass. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Oh shit! I don't want to talk about it, Justin. Here, here comes he knuckles. Comes. He looks angry. I'll wait till things get less funny. Okay. And oh, then knuckles is kind of like... cracking his what's the word for it? Uh, his like fist <laughs> bones. His, his 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 the middle of his hand bones. You know his his hand his hand bendies. You know he's popping them. Not the meat. In his hands, no, but the other stuff. It's where it kind of like hand corners, you know, yes, hand hinges. Why does Tails have to take orders from Sonic? He can fly. Justin, please. If I could fly away from Sonic, yeah, I would. would I, I would be the boss. I would fly straight into his arms. It's, yeah, they're in love. Hold on, let me look on the internet see if there's a picture of that. Huh? Oh no, my computer is melting. <laughs> hey, what's a question or the text? I will accept either one. I don't want to talk. About Read it. the text, Justin. Okay, I I got a text from some random staffer who was fundraising for some candidate in Iowa, and like yesterday, and I got this text, and I'm not in Iowa, so I don't know, and I don't like people straight up um, just text me out of nowhere. So they're like, "Hey, this is me from this campaign. Uh, how you doing today?" And I said. Um, uh, you know, I'm just getting my house cleaned up for a big party before all my guests get here, and then the per and the person responded, "Yeah, I feel you." <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know what I don't know what the proper response should have been. Probably like, "Give me your address. I'm calling the cops on you." Right. But it, I did not expect. Yeah, I feel you. Oh, choose Sonic's looking up from the blood-soaked glyphs, and he's smiling. Oh, he okay. liked it. He he's liked so it. glad you killed him. Thank you for killing me, Justin. Set me free! To die is the true adventure. <laughs> Gotta go fast into Christ's ever-loving arms. <laughs> Up here, everything's fast. Jeez, oh, Pete. That's his real name. Gotta find the questions. List. As I work as an editor for... Now, okay, can I, can I clarify, Travis? Yes. What times? These are for the current What epoch? Days. These are... These are, I went out and scooped these up from the blasted wasteland myself. These are today times. Yes. Yes. Work as an editor for a publishing company. The workflow around here is not very steady. Some days I have lots of pages to check, and other days I have absolutely nothing to do. This was never a problem in the office, as I gotten pretty good at pretending to be busy when my boss walked by. However, now that we're all quarantined and working from home... I have to send a detailed report to my boss every day, listing the specific projects I worked on. Brothers, how can I beef up my report so it looks like I'm busy every day when I'm actually doing fuck all? That's from misleading in Massachusetts. Hmm. It, it is weird to me that we live in a time, and I uh, listen, I believe you, question asker, but it is weird to me that we live in a time where it was easier to pretend to do nothing at the office surrounded by other people than in your own home, watched by uh, probably only your Alexa. Well, it's because it, it, there are a lot of folks out there in managerial positions of 
uh, a lot of different places that assume that as soon as you leave their line of sight, you are playing Pokemon Go with all of your friends at the park. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, obviously not true and is a very shitty way to think about your uh, employees. On the flip side of that, I did dick around pretty much my entire first couple of years of working from home. So, yeah. like, y- like, yeah, I'm playing Pokemon Go at the park with my friends, but, hey, we're all going through some shit right now. Yeah. Maybe calm down a little bit. I think that this, this question asker is not the only person dealing with this. Yes. My evidence is... Uh, your guy has gotten a lot of, how can I put this, uh, in a, in a non-incriminating fashion? Your guy has gotten a lot of requests for conference calls in the past couple weeks with, uh, some of our many friends and partners that maybe your boy didn't necessarily need to be on a conference call with. And he has a suspicion (laughs) that maybe some of our beloved friends and partners are trying to get a few more few more uh, uh, pips on the old uh, workflow sheet for that day, yeah. trying to yep, like yep. log a couple of, uh, yeah, I did some uh, some brand extension with mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> our man Justin over there, logged a big long call with him. What if you just started listing on your like list of stuff that you did just like a half hour where you just write like went dark. And yeah. when when your boss is like, what what's that all about? You say, I wish I could tell you. That's, yeah, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Michael's private time. And then they'll be like, what did you do in there? And be like, uh, can you fucking read? You don't get to ask me that. It's Michael's private time. What about just, like, you just write, like, 10 to 3 synergistic planning session? That's pretty good. Right? And they'll be like, then they're what, like did- what was that? I was like, I was trying to plan how to do some more synergy. If you don't know... <laughs> you're the sorry you're the boss yeah that's weird 10 to 3 watch reruns of who's the boss because i was having a hard time remembering who the boss was <laughs> on the flip side you can also keep an incredibly detailed log of just like <laughs> 8 801 woke up 811 finished my morning bathroom time 8 12, started <laughs> cooking the oatmeal. It was a twosie, Derek. And then 11.51 to 11.54. Please don't ask me what I did during these three minutes. <laughs> Please. 8.45 Please to me- 9, made, made oatmeal. 9.01, realized burned oatmeal. 9.02, started making oatmeal again. Oh, no, out of oatmeal. What do I do? 9.05 to 9.07, again. <laughs> I need a secret, please. Please let it be a secret. 907 and 909, again. Might have just been a continuation of first secret. Hard to tell. Uh, Hey, how about a Yahoo? Yeah, I'd love that. Uh, Here's one that was sent in by uh, Graham Roebuck. Thank you, Graham. It's an anonymous Yahoo Answers user who I'm going to call uh, uh, Limba Asks. When you go to someone's place, what can you learn from their bathroom? Everything. Hmm. Wow. I think everything's maybe exaggeration, but I think you can learn 
a great deal. And I also think as adults, this is the closest we get to when you're a kid and you stay the night at somebody's house for the first time in, in your friendship with them. And you, yeah. you like it fucking parts the veil just like, oh, so that's how you do all this shit. Mm-hmm. That's this how is- you do all this stuff. We've talked about this many times, but it's like Poirot, right? Where it's all about the psychology, right? The mm. psycho- that's what I'm saying is walking into someone's bathroom and seeing, like, putting yourself in their head where it's like, oh, you had to get that close. Like, you put this there so you could reach it from here. Now I know what type of person you are, right? Like, if you come into my restroom, uh, I don't want to brag, but I have two extra rolls of toilet paper in there. Uh, yeah. You are bragging. That's so. Oh. It's you. That started as a joke, but it is an actual brag. It's a little bit, yeah, and maybe a little bit incriminating. There, hoarders. Well, I have only the two. <laughs> Sorry, uh, no, yeah, she said. I don't think he's hoarding. He doesn't need that. Many. I have. Listen, I have only two rolls. I've lived with Travis a great many years of my life, and let me just say. That is not a lot for Travis. That's yeah. a that's a, a Wednesday morning through a Friday afternoon. Yeah, I get silly in there, you know. And <laughs> get this, Justin, it's one ply, um, which I'm horrified to admit because that's I've been basically to find, nothing. I've been trying to look for um, uh, toilet paper online to see if it's available because you still can't buy it in stores. Did y'all hear about this? <laughs> And, um, and, oh, uh, hey, stand back. He's about to, like, there's a delivery here. I'm waiting for it. Go on. Because I feel like once it's online, uh-huh. it's available. You can still find the only toilet paper you can buy. And it, I've, I'm so tempted. You can get, like, a giant, like, one of the commercial, uh, th- like, three-foot-wide rolls, single-ply yeah. rolls that from, like, that you'd see at, like, a fucking convention center or something. Yeah. And I feel like if I fa- found that in someone's bathroom, that would actually tell me a whole lot about them. Mostly good. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Mostly good stuff about preparation and economy and just, like, general ass sensitivity. But uh, uh, I, ha- I have been tempted to buy the giant roll and just not worry about it anymore. Then I don't have to worry about it. Ever again. I'll just have the giant roll. What if you walked I- into someone's bathroom and they had one of those three foot wide rolls, but it was like hanging on a chain that was bolted to the wall? What is that? That's cool. You? What, that, and you have to like get a key on like a big ladle to go in there and use the bathroom. What's that tell you about them? That you're mm. at a gas station and not yeah, a Yeah, but like somebody lives there, you know what I mean? And and they have like in ding a gas station? in their bathroom. Yeah. Well, I guess the gas station man lives there. Is yeah, that what he you're saying? above it. Yeah. Um, so but that's I his mean, bathroom. It's the only bathroom he has. I, I don't, I'm trying to think of the last time I walked into a friend's bathroom and was like kind of shocked by what I saw in there. And it's never a bad, like it's never I walk into somebody's like bathroom and there's, you know, active shits like in places where they shouldn't be it's more like i walk into their bathroom and it is like very perfumed and potpourri and like very powdered and prim and proper in a way that you don't that you don't always anticipate you walk in and it's like a mid-90s sort of uh like grandmother's bathroom Mm -hmm. and that's like dope like that's great that's your that's your scent and that's the mm. profile that you chase down. It's just like, I was not expecting that necessarily. For me, it's if I walk in there and there's some kind of poster on the wall that I wasn't expecting, where it's like, oh, yeah. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum is going to watch me duty. Okay. You ever seen that, Trav? A Jeff Goldblum poster in someone's bathroom? Yeah. Okay. I won't blow I think the spot, sho- but. I think shower curtain, 
design, like, then you know who your fun friend is. Oh, man, I went in there, and that looked like fish on your shower yeah. curtain. That's fucking hilarious, in, Jeremy. I went in there, and it kind of looked like the shower from Psycho. Like, there was, like, a shadow on it, right? So if you're inside of it, it's like someone's going to kill you. That's funny and scary. That's funny and scary. That, tickle, that tickles both parts of my brain. I love that, Jeremy. This is Just a cool like bathroom, Critters man. in Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny and scary. I think it's weird to see unused bath bombs, because what are you waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> Times are tough. Treat yourself. I think the reason all of the three of us have bidets is so you can walk into our bathroom and just sort of immediately clock what we're about without having yep. to look anywhere else. You see the bidet on the toilet. We could have, a, we could have a, a poster hanging on the wall that says, like, I like to murder. And you would see the bidet <laughs> and be like, I've seen all a case closed. I get it. I get, I get the whole thing. It's an autobiography on top of my toilet. Uh, here's another question. <clears throat> I have a goldfish named Gibby. Can I just say, room. I really like this one because I think more than all the questions about being quarantined, this one might uh, best exemplify kind of what everyone's going through right now. So go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I have a goldfish named Gibby that I keep in my room. Gibby is about to be three, and for the past month and a half, he's been picking up pebbles in his tank, trying to eat them, and then spitting them out very loudly. He does this in the middle of the night, usually at 2 a.m., how do I stop him or punish him without killing him? Okay. I still love my fishy boy. That's from Nautical Naughty in North Brunswick. What I love about this is this is the kind of thing where like maybe a month ago, your fish doing this, you wouldn't even clock it. You wouldn't even notice. No, 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 not even notice. Yeah, but now you're like, my, if fuck Gibby, if you spit out one more goddamn pebble. <laughs> my life with Gibby has gotten challenging. <laughs> Day 14, things are tense betwixt me and Gibby. My ca I've had to start leaving on um, eight hour long YouTube videos of birds for my cat. Mm -hmm. Because my cat just, just can't chill, just has zero chill. So while I'm kind of doing my thing downstairs with the uh, comedy and what have you, mm. the jokes and things, uh, the cat is watching bird vids just to nice. kind of keep her a little bit chilled out. I gave that's uh, I, wild. I gave Lily, uh, my bigger doggy, um, a a like squeak, uh, you know, a squeaker chew toy thing that I've been saving, but she was getting very antsy, and so I gave it to her. And the the pitch and frequency of it has become like an annoying, like telltale heart. But like, if instead of a heartbeat, it was just a squeaker. And it pierced through my brain every time, every 0.5 seconds. My little stinker is always up to no good. This fuzzy fucking rascal is always doing bad stuff in my house. But you you got to love them, huh? You got to love your son? Son? No, your son? man. I'm talking about my little, my puppers with his toe beans. <laughs> This little, stink, I don't, this little stinker, guys. You don't remember I, my puppers? It's just not occurring to me. My cat's always in quarantine. So the only thing that she could be negatively reacting to is our increased presence. Yes. <laughs> right. That is what has irritated the cat. That's kind of her time to chill out. Maybe and that's just, what Gibby's doing. Is Gibby is trying to annoy you out of the room. Yeah. Like, this please. is Gibby's time. <laughs> Please but at the same ahead. time, it's like, who rescued who? You know what? Mm, thank you. Because yes, I always think that when I look at my puppers, toe beads. Can I make a suggestion? You Here's what you do. Uh, nautical Naughty in North Brunswick. Get a bowl. Get an identical fish bowl. And put, I don't know, like some clear edible, so that maybe like Cairo syrup, something clear and edible. And then put one goldfish cracker in it. 
put it next to Gibby's ball, and then yell at the fake goldfish cracker like, you've been annoying the hell out of me, and then eat that goldfish cracker in front of Gibby. Cool. And then kind of slowly turn to Gibby and say, you're next if you keep it up with that pebble thing. That's a cool idea. Yeah, it's a cool idea. No, it's definitely not like really troubling. And it'll work. The fish will get it for sure, for sure, for sure. Well, okay, Griffin. Okay, smart guy. Give me a punishment that one could enact on a fish that would not kill it. Period. Okay, put it further (laughs) away from you. That's not a punishment. That's what the fish wants. That then good. It's a, then both parties win, and you can be in the corner and do first. How fish can't make loud noises. There's no fish unless it is a whale, and it slaps its big body against the water after <laughs> diving out of it. Fish cannot make loud noises. So this okay. is a like full blown fever dream that you've got going on, and that's fine. We've all got them. It's tough times out here. But if you're having trouble with your completely stationary aquatic pet. Put it in the corner or outside. There's so many places for this fish don't to go. Don't put it outside. But don't put it outside. Because don't put it outside. I mean, I mean, there's a temptation to say like, just feed him less. But you know, Gibby, he's just getting up fucking shredded yeah. and looking great and shredding those last few ounces that it, he needed to get to his sexiest fish bod. I'm just worried. I'm worried about rewarding his negative behavior. Because now he wants to be moved. You move him because he's been, you know, behaving badly. And then what's next? He wants a tiny TV. And then he starts yelling at you, uh, you know, ping, 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 spitting those pebbles against the bowl. And then you're like, fine, you'll get a tiny TV. And then what's next? His own house? A water slide? I think this is where you got to draw the line. You need to establish dominance. You need to get in that bowl. You need you to do- swim better than him. You okay. need to spit pebbles better than him. Establish fish dominance. Travis- I, you could get in his head maybe and watch Shape of Water near him. And then just every few minutes be like, I get it. I get it. Absolutely. I get it. Yes. Now, oh, is that to scare him into thinking that you might be romantically attracted to him? Um, no, I mean, not. you just to keep him guessing. You're not you know? willing to commit to the bit you just crafted, Justin. I don't know. It made your, your own thing it made, made you uncomfortable, you uncomfortable. Didn't it? While you were in the middle of it, I yeah, can tell you were like, it. oof, this sucks. Middle of it. In the middle of it, I didn't like it. Travis- I don't like it. Now. I like it less now, but in the middle of it, I started at the beginning. Let me chart. Yeah. At the beginning, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Felt very good about getting in there with it. Middle of the road, sort of halfway through the project. Took a little intermission mm-hmm. in my medulla oblongata. Yeah. And started to rethink the whole enterprise. By the end of it, I wish I'd punched out earlier. Yeah. But uh, I felt like I was pot committed. Hey, and Justin, I hate it. Uh, can I ask you a quick post game question? Yeah, anything, Trav. I'd love to follow up on this uh, so that others can learn from my failings. Now, if you could go back and do it again, would mm. you change the movie or change oh. your delivery or. Okay, so I did think about a fish called Wanda. Uh huh. And I thought maybe something there with Kevin Klein. Yeah. Eating the fish, if you remember, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And then I thought something about the fish man, and then from Shape of Water, and then just the opening was there. Yeah, <laughs> I just started going. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have a goal line in mind. You know, I just started going for it. I wish okay. Justin, you had uh, brought up the incredible Mister Limpet, so I could have crossed off the fucking uh, wild, obscure references, Mabim Bam Bingo card that I have printed out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, I uh, would love, you know, I thought of something different. Uh, let's go to the money zone. We don't need to talk about my thing anymore. For sure. Sure, Justin sounds good. <laughs> Thank you, Philip. 
Hey, listen, did you just eat a fish and you want to get the taste of your goldfish out of your mouth? Good news. You go. You've got Quip. Quip, it says here, is the makers of the Quip electric toothbrush that is the best at scrubbing goldfish from betwixt your chompers. Huh. That's weird. It's weird how well that works out. Oh, get David Blaine over your house. He knows how to do it, and but then cancel it out. David Blaine knows how to swallow the fish, but then get it out. And it's that'll two different the, fish. Uh, he does eat a real fish every time. It's a, it's, it's a, uh, it's a two, it's two fish. They're twins. It's twin fish. <laughs> okay, so it's, it's uh, okay. So it's basically yeah. the prestige. Well, it's not exactly the prestige. Um, it is okay. It what it is the prestige. David Blaine is a big fan of the prestige. So you've been brushing your teeth and you're like, how long has that been? Because it still tastes like goldfish. Well, they have a built-in two-minute timer in the Quip Electric toothbrush, uh, so that you won't have to worry about if you've brushed long enough to get the goldfish out from between your teeth. And if there's some stuck in there, they also provide floss, which is great because that will get that hard-to-reach goldfish out from between your teeth. And they deliver toothpaste brush heads, and floss refills every three months because your old ones are going to be caked in goldfish bits and you can get it with free shipping. So go to getquip.com slash mybrother right now and get your first refill free, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash mybrother. Quip, the good habits company slash get goldfish out of your teeth company. Hey, it's tough to go pretty much anywhere right now and that includes the post office, which is an extant... Um, space in the world. Uh, but hey, you need to send out you know letters and packages. You need your postage. Don't worry. Stamps.com is here to help from the, the safety and privacy of your own freaking house. Anything you can do at the post office, you can do from home at Stamps.com. You just use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. And then once your mail's ready, you just leave it out for your character, for your character, for your original character. Say you've got a new member of the Sonicverse, and their name is Turbo, and they're a Velociraptor, and they've got a bad attitude. They'll pick up your freaking mail and deliver it wherever you need it delivered. And you can schedule a free package pickup. You can drop it in a mailbox. No human contact required. Uh, it's that simple. It's You can get great discounts, too. Five cents off any uh, every first-class stamp and up to 40% off uh, USPS shipping rates. So that's all good stuff. Right now, our listeners can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in my brother. That's stamps.com, enter my brother. Stay safe, my friends. They do have that in the copy at the end of the thing. And hey, you have to read it. You have to read it, and it does, and it is, it is, okay, we'll say this, as... Um, performers and ad copy readers, it is mandatory that we do say stay safe, my friends. But it does, for a mandatory message, it does make me feel a certain amount of warmth and care. <laughs> a mandatory a amount. A mandatory amount of wait, essential. Wait, is it possible stamps.com was saying that just to the three of us? Oh, it is maybe, but I do, I didn't know stamps.com thought of us that way. I thought of us as business liaisons, but. Um, I I guess I do love I guess I am in love with stamps.com. Every Christmas they do send me four brownies. Yeah. So what's that all about? Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. 
Yeah, man, sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes, and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talking about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Okay. But is that bad? No. You sounded disappointed. No, I just, it's, it's, uh, sometimes I, I want to munch. I want to munch. Now it's bad. That was a punk one. Whew. It's like grimy punk. That was really yeah, man. punky. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's really punky. Snack um, flag. Uh, but why did I take it back to I took it back to uh, more retro because I have an exciting new development, uh, and this I I have to give the the uh, the credit. This was not necessarily my idea, but I think it is is uh, genius. This came in from Quinn, and Quinn suggested a throwback Munch Squad oh. that we go back way back to before, and not just like to a few years back ones we might have missed. We dig deep. Oh, right. I mean, so the, I, I'm putting out the call. If you can get some press releases from like wild shit that came before like the Library of Congress to find get, like get, when McDonald's did pizza. Yeah, um, that's what I'm talking about. Find me those press releases. Dig way deep. Let's get nasty. In big big pizza war, will Bigfoot top the Dominator? Oh, God. Yes. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes. This is a listen, folks. This is a news story published. It's by Michael Dresser, published in the Baltimore Sun on April 30th, 1993. Wow. This is a I'm, blow the dust off. <coughs> the smudge squad. Oh, man, this is good. I'm really excited. I've been really excited the whole show to read this to y'all. Is that why you killed uh, Sonic? Hasta la pizza, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good start. Hasta la pizza, baby. Here comes the Dominator, <laughs> boasting that it has created the biggest, baddest hunk of hunk of melted cheese oh, on gosh, the market. Fuck me. Domino's Pizza Inc. lurched into the monster pizza wars yesterday yes. with a 30 inch, <gasps> 30 slice pie in the face Woo. of its competitors. That's one. Uh, hold up. Each slice yeah, is wait. one inch? Fuck off. This is what it's challenging. Brought to life in Domino's Laboratories in Ann Arbor, Michigan, the Dominator will grapple with Pizza Hut's Bigfoot and Little Caesar's Big Big Pizza for the biggest bite of the market for carryout pizza. With a gland condition. Okay. Hilarious. Reggie Fizeme. There he is. His biggest failure in his time at the Pizza Hut, and perhaps his biggest professional failure, was the uh, Pizza Hut Bigfoot pizza. And now Domino's is challenging Reggie's failure with uh, the Dominator. Domino's rectangular Dominator. Uh -huh. So that should m make more sense, right? It will measure a. Shh, fucking 1993. Measure a Schwarzeneggerian, 10 inches by 30 inches. Okay, 10 inches by 30 inches. So that's Tim, Mac, it's 300 square inches of pizza. Inches, In 30 yes. slices, each slice is 10. Okay, I was getting there. Square inches. I was going to get there, Justin. You have to let me do it on my own if I'm ever going to get better at it. 
laid side by side, it's bigger than my three-year-old. <laughs> Who I have always Dad, wanted let to me eat. Up. <laughs> Said a Domino's spokesman, Tim McIntyre. Later, bigger than my three-year-old. <laughs> oh, wait, hold the on. My- I'm, I'm reading right here. It says, okay, yeah, uh-huh, okay, okay. This 27, 30-year-old, 30-year-old man just killed his dad. Oh, it was this, and he said, it's because he used to lay me next to pizza. I laid my kid next to a pizza for a thing I wanted to say. The Mine's Bigger Than Yours contest got started in oh, earnest boy. last month when Little Caesars began the national rollout of its 11 and a quarter by 22 and a half inch big, big pizza on the Ides of March. <laughs> that roused huh. the wrath of Pizza the Hut, which went Little Caesar a step bigger, bigger by tromping oh out its big, f- this Christ. fucking big ups to you, Michael Dresser, for putting in the fucking work. Yeah, dude. Putting you in don't the see this kind of attention to detail anymore in these press releases. That Ides of March thing is a goof on the fact that it's Little Caesar. Yes, fucking layers upon layers of melted cheese and sauce and bread. Uh, now here comes the Dominator. Uh, <laughs> yeah, delighted, Travis. Now here comes the Dominator, scheduled to begin hitting the stores in various markets. Whether Baltimore is one hasn't been decided. Huh? In about two weeks. In a switch from Domino's traditional emphasis on delivered pizza, it will be available by carryout only. That's right, folks. You can't get this sent to your house. You have to go. You have to come here to do this because it's a crime otherwise. Huh. We don't even know if our 1993 automobiles could handle a pizza this large. The market that we're going after, the carryout value pizza market, is a very hungry one, said Mr. McIntyre. (laughs) Why not be the biggest? Hey, Tim, you've said several wild things altogether. <laughs> With very few wild words, you've said a very wild thing, and that is pizza-hungry people love a hungry pizza. Get it big! <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying hungry people want a big pizza. Yes! What about two pizzas? What? You could do huh? two pizzas and have both. Huh? No. And, and somebody could bring them to you and you wouldn't have to leave your house. But big people with big hunger only have one mouth. Nice try. They drive, a, they drive a car. Come get big pizza. They love leaving house. Hey, guys, I'm not halfway through this story, and I'm not a third into the wildest shit in it. Okay. But what really accounts for this mega pizza trend? Have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles multiplied? Oh, Jesus. Is President Clinton's White House staff pulling too many all-nighters <laughs> for ordinary pizzas? Oh, boy. <laughs> Fucking just keep it coming. It's like, I know it's written in 93, but I feel like it was written to be read in 2020 yeah. to take you on a fucking, I love the 90s. He, he finished it and sealed it up and then just like exactly. buried it in Justin's front yard. It's like, I feel like I'm, I'm watching like Good Night and Good Gene Shallot. It's fantastic. <laughs> this is, this is the quote. It would go a long way towards sating the hunger of the healthcare task force, said a spokesman in the White House press office, who asked to be identified only as assistant to the president in charge of pizza control. What in the living fuck? (laughs) The only problem, he said, is security. It's dangerous. Quote, you could fit a lot of stuff on a pizza that big, he said. (laughs) Fucking story. Do you know that originally... Prince titled the song Pizza Control, and then they said, well, I don't think that that's risque make enough it, for make Prince. Make it yuckier, and he said, Prince. And he said, okay, I can, I can, I, I think I can zhuzh it up a little bit. This person, this White House staffer was reached out to for a quote about the big pizzas and made a fun joke about, oh, I don't know, we love pizza around here, and then realized, like, wait a minute, 
Something <laughs> you could you could stick a lot of anthrax in a thirty square inch pizza. And this was pre nine eleven when they didn't even check the pizzas, right? Yeah. Like a lot of things changed on nine eleven. You used to be able to just walk up and hand a pizza directly to the president. A you lot of things I mean? also it changed was... in the fall of nineteen ninety three when these that's big pizzas true. came around. Oh uh, God, where to next? Oh, that's right. Okay. Fucking Michael Dresser, you genius. Uh, but futurist Melinda Davis said this big pizza business has nothing to do with politics. <gasps> it's about sex. What? What? Huh? <laughs> huh? Consider this. Consider the shape. She said, "Pizza was traditionally a very female thing. Well, it's very round and cheesy and warm, and what? suddenly it's become pizza as a weapon." Said Miss Davis, what? creative director at Brain Reserve, a New York-based marketing firm that specializes in consumer trends. What also, someday fuck? everyone will have phones that are also computers. <laughs> but it's just... are they saying a rectangle is like a dick is like a weapon, not like well, women who are round and warm cheese? Yes, that's a yes, that is a that is a profound and hugely wrong statement. Obviously, but prof- it's like I don't even know if it's sexist or not because it's so hard to unpack. Well, I think I think we can all agree that uh, people who identify as female give off a certain warm, cheesy, cheesy energy. vibe. Yeah. Whereas men who Me- people who identify as men uh, often give off this kind of rectangular. Oh yeah. Kind of. Uh, why is it? Why are they so big? I, I've got um, big rhombus energy over here. Pizza was traditionally a very female thing. It's very round and cheesy and warm. And suddenly it's become pizza as a weapon, said Miss Davis. But why? Quote, because we're in the age of AIDS. We have to look for sensual pleasure that isn't sexual. She said, it's about anger. It's about rage. Consumers are really mad at all the rules they have to follow in the 90s. What is happening? Sue Sherbo, a spokesperson woman for Little Caesars in Detroit seemed puzzled by that logic. (laughs) Our only concern was to offer our customer a great value. (laughs) We weren't even looking at it from the AIDS angle. Sue doesn't agree that people want to fuck the giant pizza. (laughs) Sue can't get there with her. What? Justin, this isn't just a, this isn't a munch squad. This is, this is the greatest news article ever written. This is the greatest interviewing ever, ever done. saying. Michael Tresser, you, you fucking genius. Okay, thank you. Uh, at Michael Dresser, by the way, in case you want to just thank Michael, Michael T. Dresser, excuse me, in case you want to thank Michael, he's retired now, but you can still thank him for his amazing work, which I'm not finished with. What is the in statute any case, of limitations for a Pulitzer, by the way? Is it too late? <laughs> That's a weird way of asking the question, but in this case, it does apply. Yes. In any case, Domino's competitors have no intention of trying to go at one bigger. Quote, we think it's the right size pizza for what our customer is looking for. Rob Dowdy, a spokesman for at Pizza Hut headquarters in Wichita, Kansas, said yesterday, quote, teenagers tend to travel in packs, in groups, uh-huh. and usually they're a bit short of cash, cash. So this is the kind of product they're looking for. Huh. Matt, Mr. McIntyre, 
said he could not say whether the Dominator will be sold in the Baltimore market because the decision on whether to carry the product will be left to individual operators. Now, a spokeswoman at the regional office, Michael Dresser putting in the work, the shoe leather, a spokeswoman at the regional office said she did not know whether Baltimore area franchisees would be interested. I assure you, ma'am, they will be. <laughs> in any case, Mr. McIntyre said Domino's will be heavily promoting the Dominator in a few months. Quote, it's a big colossal humongous pizza and we're looking at ads that will come across in a big colossal humongous way wow. epilogue <gasps> joseph simone president of mama Ilardo's corp said his relatively small owings mills based pizza chain would not be intimidated by its bigger rivals nor will it be drawn into an effort at topping them quote you can't serve top quality ingredients in a product that size and not price yourself out of the market, he said. It's like the difference between making sauce for two people and making sauce for the 5th Infantry. Huh. The end. I guess I've never thought of it that way. Travis, just let it... Just give Travis, it a moment. Let it breathe. Okay. Just give it a moment. The end. Thank you, Michael Dresser. Thank you for this um, fantastic fantastic piece you really put literally tens of thousands of times the amount of effort this story required of you and you put in the fucking work mm -hmm. and thank you i appreciate you thank you this is the best news story i've read certainly in the past few weeks <laughs> i I, I would like to think that after this was published, the uh, that Michael's bosses said like, okay, we're moving you to like cover homicide. Like, yeah, okay, I, yeah, right. I don't know if Michael Dresser is writing about current sort of pandemic events, but I hope he does not apply the same level of frivolity to it. I'm sure he doesn't. No. I bet he matches the tone of the news he's writing. It is not like, holy smokes. It's the disease, like probably my not like corona. That. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. He uh, he retired in December of 2018 as the state house correspondent for the Baltimore Sun. Okay. Hell yes, Qu got out Michael on top. Dresser, you you absolute legend. Uh, I have a Yahoo here uh, that was uh, sent in by a few people. Thank you. It's a uh, it's Yahoo Answers user Varsha who asks, and there may not be much meat on these bones, but I. There's it's there's something in here that really busted me up. Varsha asked, "I cried more during the death of Optimus Prime than I cried hmm. during the Titanic. Is that okay?" Hmm. Updated two days ago. I didn't really care that much. Felt it was so stupid. Would have frozen with him. Lol. Updated yeah. again two days ago. But every time I see Optimus Prime die in the cartoon, especially, I don't care if I saw a Kevin Hart video prior. I lose all control. <laughs> Anyone agree? Wow. <laughs> Third update. How he stab Optimus Prime? That like our father. Uh-huh. Like our father. It's true. That's true and good. And um I, you know, I like to cry. And I like yeah, to watch yeah. stuff that makes me cry. Um and Grey's Anatomy when sad stuff happens on there. Uh Grey's is a perfect example because I could watch ten Kevin Hart videos before then. Yeah, and it would still. That's a lot, Griffin. That's a lot of Kevin Hart. Sure? Yeah, no, I would, I would need, I, I would need to go to Grey's Anatomy Hospital, whatever it's called, to get them to sew up the stitches the from the splits in my belly that I have from all watching ten Kevin Hart videos in a row. 
<laughs> but then I would cry at the sad drama because, you know, a bus would crash into the hospital or something. Mm. And it would cancel out all the Kevin Hart videos. Yeah. Can you? Deep, but isn't that important? Staying equalized yeah. is really is, is, is important. I think feeling the full spectrum of human emotion is key. Wouldn't it? I Okay, listen. It's 2020. Times, they have a changed. And I would like uh, to announce here my change.org uh, petition to remake uh, the James Cameron Titanic. Okay. And this time, as the iceberg is coming, the ship transforms into a big transformer. The cool. iceberg turns into hey, like this a is big fucking Decepticon. slow down. This is fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. this is cool. Then it's not it funny, but it's like I, it's like I feel like <laughs> I'm cool. at like a I know, fucking right? cool movie. Oh, this is it. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I moved away from comedy podcast to just like I'm pitching my new movie. No, I know um, we don't do like badass stuff on this podcast enough. So like, let's not do. Yeah, don't do any more jokes, Travis. Please tell iceberg me what. Happened. Actually, a, stop. Stop. Start at the beginning of the movie. Shot one. What are we looking at here? Do we get to well, know that the Griffin, Titanic is a transformer asking. before this happens or what? No. Up to this point, we have no idea Okay, that the ship is a transformer. So right? it's basically like, the same movie right up until the fateful collision, that one dark, yes. cold night. Okay. Yes. But and then it's like the the ship transforms and you're like, what? What is hot? But then the iceberg transforms too, and the iceberg is the Decepticon. Right? All right. So now they're fighting, right? Okay. And meanwhile, Jack and Rose, uh, who are together, and spoiler alert, they both live, they're inside uh, of Titanic's head, right? Talking okay. to him. Mm. And they're kind of the buddies, right? And they're working together. Uh, and then Voltron shows up. And Voltron's there. And they're like, Voltron? And he's like, yeah, I got to stop these kaijus. I don't like it so, anymore. Wait, it comes back around. It's uh, not gonna come and back then, around. And then, uh, what's that? <laughs> is uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Stop! It's not. It's done. It's they not, were no. inside the car. The cars were inside Titanic's belly. Oh, hold on! I'm coming back. <laughs> and they were like Titanic's baby. And then we have a long birthing scene where I'm, they're, just, I'm, where, no, where, no, I'm not done. I'm not so. done. I'm not done. I'm Iceberg is back. a trained. Listen, I'm not done. Iceberg is a trained OBGYN. Yep. And enemies become friends when Iceberg the Decepticon helps deliver Titanic's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers babies. And let me get let me hit you with this, Travis. If you don't mind, we can bring in sort of the uh the dino uh sort of aesthetic from that. Yes. And it can be called and the iceberg decepticon can be called Gynobot, and he is a dinosaur. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. But he's gonna help open up the cargo bay, I guess, mm -hmm. which would be like the you know, the fallopian canal. Yes. I, it's been a while since I brushed up on, on that stuff, but. No, you nailed uh, it. And then okay. Voltron uses his mighty space sword to cut I don't the umbilical want Voltron, cord. I don't want Voltron there. We got, you can't cross. But he's you a doula. A, I know Voltron's a trained doula, Travis. <laughs> it's just, he would be so useful in this time, you know? I know. He's a doula. He's a doula. I think that's cool. And then after that fight, wait, do they keep fighting after the birth? What? Well, yeah, once once the once the uh, Megazord is out, right? Yeah, then they keep fighting. I assume Transformer yeah. wins. Okay. Yeah. And well, then do we see that? And then do we see the ship continue its journey on for another couple hours until it docks in America safely? Yep. yep. All right. But then are there, are, are there America a lot more? turns into a Decepticon. No, stop. It already did. 
um, does, that's, is but more... that's how that's how we set up the cliffhanger, Griffin, t- for Titanic two, Titanic. Is there more porkin then in the back half of the movie? Oh yeah, okay. But yeah, there's a long scene where Titanic and Voltron very that's not what I want. sensuously make love. <laughs> I don't like it. No, is there it's, one where Voltron and Billy Zane? I want Voltron and Billy Zane to figure yes. out how that would work even. Oh, yeah. Well, that happens actually at the beginning of the... Sorry, there is now a new scene at the beginning of the movie where Billy Zane draws Voltron like one of his French girls. So yeah. then when it's referenced mm. again later, now it's like, oh, you stole that from Billy Zane and Voltron. Yeah, uh, I would love it if Cap- if we could get Kathy Bates to have, a, uh, to have some sort of private scene with a huge robot. Um, oh, yeah. That would be fucking rad, dude. Yeah, dude. This version of the movie. Do you think that Voltron better. is the last one of the great roles that Kathy Bates has yet to play? <laughs> like she's done so many of the great roles, yeah. And it feels like Voltron's kind of the last one. She could like, film that. If, if my agent called me with your pitch, Travis, mm-hmm. I'd be the whole time pretend I'm Kathy Bates. I'd be like, yes, yes, loving it, loving it, loving it. Yes, 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 yes. I will play Voltron. Like, no, 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 Kathy, you're actually a character in it. Yeah. Kathy Bates is in it as Kathy Bates. Like, no, absolutely not. I will play Kathy Bates. And then, um, sort of Norba style, I will also play the Voltron in it. I will huh. be the Kathy Bates and the Voltron. Now, role. not piloting Voltron. You're saying Voltron is Kathy it's Bates. It's a big, yeah, Kathy Bates. And we'll dress her up in, like, cardboard boxes. Or, like, oh, okay. that's not our the whole department. Thing. That's not our the thing. The whole bit. Uh, the whole bit. I should we mention... Can- Jack doesn't survive once they get to America, but it's for completely unrelated reasons. He falls coming off the ship like a dip yeah. shit. Well, Griffin. I- Sorry. Oh, I forgot. I, yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but he falls coming down the ramp and he slips. He falls and his whole head pops off. And everyone's like, what a fucking idiot. Yep. Did you see that? He made it all this way. Oh, God. That's and we called- put up so signs Jack. that said, be careful. Mm-hmm. Slippery. Slippery when Voltron. Yep. That's the name of the movie. <laughs> and this episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our uh, podcast. We uh, very much appreciate you. We hope you're hanging in there and, and doing all right, you know, all things considered. Uh, we we are well, you know, all things considered. So we hope that you can find a way to be so, too. Um, promotioning things. Uh, Anything in the tank. Uh... No. Oh, this is less a promotion and more of like a mayor call by a guest. But uh, DFTBA is, of course, a big building fill- filled with people. And so they have been quarantined as well. And people have been sent home. They don't work. So uh, products might be delayed reaching you. If so, we're sorry. It's completely unexpected. And how do you even plan for something like that? But yeah, we will eventually get to you. We're sorry for any delays. Um. I, but there's really not. It's, I mean, thanks to John Roderick and the Long Winters for the use for our theme song. It's a departure off the album, putting the days to bed. Um, it's a great song, and it's uh, a great dude and a great maximum fun for having us on the network. Um, they've got all kinds of wonderful shows on there, and uh, we're so excited to be a part of it. And um, yeah, if let's wrap bored, it. If you're mm. bored, we've been trying to put out like more stuff on our YouTube channel to try Mm -hmm. to create something, anything for people to think about beyond just like being stuck at home. So you can check that out. McElroy family on YouTube. Yeah. 
let's uh, let's wrap it up. I got a final one here. This, this is a fun. Okay, this is a fun good. One. Uh, this one was sent in also by Graham Roebuck. Thank you, Graham. It's by Yahoo Answers user. Uh, well, it's W E W E, which I assume is just Wee Wee. Asks Wee Wee. Turtle pregnancy. How do they do it? <laughs> uh, my name is Justin. <laughs> I'm Travis McElroy. Like the shell doesn't get like the shell can't get bigger. So like know, where do right? they where is How it go? Even, I'm Griffin. Ma- I'm Griffin McElroy. This has been my brother. My brother me kiss your dad square on the lips. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.